the Hope of the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. There are more than 65 million caregivers serving right now in this country. Maybe they're taking care of an aging loved one, or maybe taking care of a special needs child or spouse with difficult diagnosis, trauma, mental illness. Uh, maybe there's somebody who's taking care of an alcoholic or an addict. That's a chronic impairment. Wherever you find a chronic impairment, you're going to find a caregiver. So how do you help the caregiver? And why do we do a show for caregiver? Well, I'll tell you why we do a show for caregiver. And because if the caregiver goes down, guess what happens to the loved one? I mean, think that through for a minute. If the caregiver goes down, what happens to the person they're caring for? So it's always a two-for-one deal. I've been doing this myself now. I'm in my 35th year. Uh, and I've learned uh, the hard way some of the paths that we talk about on this show, paths to safety, emotional, physical, professional, financial, and most importantly, spiritual. You see, it, we all start here on this show with the caregiver's heart. And if the heart is in a squirrely place, what chance does the wallet have? If you are struggling with bitterness and resentment or fear, guilt, all these kinds of things, how do you think that's going to affect every other area of your life? And that's what separates this show from anything else out there addressing the needs of the family caregiver. I've heard it all. I've heard all the platitudes. When you've been a caregiver for 35 years, you've heard all the platitudes. You know, take care of yourself, get some rest, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I've never heard anybody come with conviction and, and clarity in a way that caregivers understand on how to engage spiritually with Scripture, the Word of God, and a relationship with Christ, and how that permeates into your life as a caregiver. And so, guess what? Since I've never heard it, I started doing it. And that's why this show is here, and I'm very grateful that AFR has caught the vision and has seen fit to share this with this entire audience. And now we have other networks that have joined with us, the His Radio Network out of South Carolina, Truth Network, based in North Carolina and other affiliates all across the uh, the country here and, and the world now. Our, our people are, are dialing in. I've got a very dear friend of mine who's a missionary in Tonga, and she uses material that we talk about on the show as she ministers there, and she and her family minister in Tonga, way over there in the South Pacific. And uh, so the, the, the need for caregiving supersedes every border, uh, every race, every religion. It's the human condition. And I speak fluent caregiver on this show, but let me let you in on something. It's our save, Savior's native tongue. I've learned to speak caregiver, but that's his native tongue. And we're going to talk about that today. And I've got a special topic. And normally I ask you some things that I want you to call in and, and give me your a trivia answer or if you know this particular song or whatever. And I'll probably do that today too. Everything's going to tie in, but I'm actually uh, doing this particular show, this topic, because my mother asked me to do it. And when your mother asks you to do something, you you try to accommodate that. And uh, so my mother asked me about this, and uh, she listens on Alexa. And every uh, Saturday morning, I have to remind them of how to get back on Alexa. And uh, it's um, it's always fun, Mom, isn't it? And Dad's there too. And, and I, I, my parents are both highly intelligent educated people, but for whatever reason, 
I, I, and I fuss at my dad about this, and he'll get a charge out of this. But I, you know, he's a, he was captain of the navy, doctor ministry, and he had, he never bothered to to really engage with computers. And so it's very frustrating. And mom's got some visual impairments, so she can't see as well. So everything has to be audio. Well, then they try to they try to talk with Alexa. And I say, you don't talk with Alexa. You command Alexa. You say, you know, play this or do this. And, and they want to talk about Alexa's relationship with her parents and how she's struggling with bitterness. And No, I'm just kidding. So I, 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 I have fun with my parents on that. But mom and I talk, and dad and I talk every, every week before the show, and we talk throughout the week. And, um, and she asked me about this, this topic that we're going we're gonna to discuss today. And that is when a caregiver is taking care of someone who is mean to them, who treats them poorly. And I, I've got several people that come to mind uh, in, in, that I'm thinking of. One of them is a young man who took care of his father, who was just, just a mean man. And the young man did it. And, and I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about that? Have you had that scenario where you're taking care of somebody and you're treated poorly? Or maybe, maybe taking care of somebody and the family of that loved one or whatever, you know, extended family or friends treat you poorly or treat you mean or, 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 or somehow uh, disparage you. Has that been your experience? 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If that's been your experience that you've had somebody treat you poorly in this and you're trying to take care of them. And, and, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're trying to somehow rag on the person that you're caring for. They have bad days. Sometimes it's medication. Sometimes it's a disease. Sometimes they're just being a jerk. It happens. Sometimes we're doing it. I know, I know my track record. And, and it is part of our human condition. But I want to know how you deal with that. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. And I am going to give you a musical trivia question because it's I think it applies to what we're talking about here. So if you know this song, I'm going to play a little slower. you know that one that is also relevant to what we're going to be talking about today just learning to deal with the fact that you're going to be treated poorly it's going to happen it'll happen if you're a believer it'll happen if you're a caregiver jesus promised that it would happen if you're a believer and i don't know why we're surprised but we are and we're going we're gonna to engage with that. But sometimes there are special cases with, with caregivers. And by the way, if you know the, that song, if you know the lyrics of that song, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I'll give it to you one more time. There's a great story behind that song, and I'm going to uh, engage my wife on that at another time. Uh, but it's a, it's an important. The, the first line of that is an, 
important line for us to remember in the midst of these very difficult times. And some of you have been treated very poorly. I know you have. I've gotten the calls. And and it's just um it's it's a hard thing when you're trying and you're so stretched and you're so tired and you're so worn out and you're so discouraged, and then you're treated like garbage. And this is happening on a regular basis. I, I was doing a conference up in Alaska one time of nurses. And I asked for a show. I don't know why I did this. It just out of out of just whatever, off the top of my head, I just asked, have any of you ever been grabbed by a patient? And 100% of them raised their hands. And then I asked, have any of you been choked by a patient or a loved one that you're caring for? And nearly 100% of them, it was a full room, and nearly 100% of them raised their hands. So I stopped for a moment and I showed them how to get out of chokeholds and grabs. I'm a second degree black belt in Hapkido. And I thought, well, this would be a useful piece of information. And you don't have to be physically huge to do it. It's there, it's a technique. And you can do it without hurting the other person, but you can make sure that you're safe and you're extricated from that. And so we spent some time on that. Who'd have thunk? But you know what? This is the reality of being a caregiver. You're going to get in situations where either you physically are being hurt or emotionally being hurt or both. How do you get out of that? How do you deal with it? We're going to talk about that some more. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. If every person knew that they were created in the image of God. After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. A Moment of Truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists. An evangelist arrived in the city in which he was to preach a series of revival meetings. As he arrived, he wanted to mail a letter and saw a young boy nearby. He asked the boy if he could tell him how to get to the post office, and the boy politely told him. The preacher then asked, how would you like to come hear me preach tonight? I'm going to tell people how to get to heaven. The boy responded by asking, you're going to tell people how to get to heaven and you don't even know how to get to the post office? An innocent question by a young boy. But do you know that Jesus says in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com.
back to Hope and Fear. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. How are you feeling? How are you doing? What's going on with you? Is your life in his hand? Do you know that? That's Gracie, my wife, singing from her CD, Resilient. Go out to HopeForTheCaregiver.com to see more about that. HopeForTheCaregiver.com. Be a part of what we're doing in this ministry. We'll send you a copy of that CD. Uh, it, it is a, a fabulous record, and, and you'll, you'll love it. And she's, she's the real deal, man. She's a no-kidding singer, and I love listening to her sing. All right, we're talking about have you ever been treated poorly as a caregiver? Have you ever struggled um, under that kind of disparaging thing where you're dealing with somebody, you're doing the best you can, and then they're responding? And I don't know that we're going to be able to um, address these things and get them get any kind of resolution that was going to make you feel better today. But the purpose of this today is to bring us together as a caregiving community and say, yeah, this is a problem and let people know that they're not alone in this because a lot of people are harboring this by themselves. See, you've heard me talk about this. It's in my book, Hope for the Caregiver, um, wherever books are sold. And, and you can, you'll see this theme throughout the show and the books and the podcast and everything else. There are three eyes that every caregiver struggles with, every one of us. And if you haven't struggled with all three of these, you haven't been a caregiver long enough. You lose your independence. You lose your identity. You get lost in someone else's story. We we stop speaking in first person singular. You know, people ask us, how are we doing? Well, uh, you know, we had a bad night, or she's not doing well, or he's not doing well. And, and I, I'm on this show. That's why you, those of you who've been listening for some time, you know that I'm going to ask you every time you call any caller, how are you feeling? And I want to hear it in first person singular. I don't want to hear you talk about we, us, them, or her, you know, whatever. It's you. It's you. How are you feeling? That's the first thing we're going to start off with because I want us as caregivers to learn how to speak in our own voice. And then the third eye that we struggle with is isolation. And, and then the whole world is coming to grips with isolation now through the COVID-19, but caregivers have been dealing with this since it's, it's the human condition of caring for someone else. You become isolated in caring for someone who has some type of chronic payment, uh, impairment. And so in that isolation, that's where dark thoughts fester. So what we're trying to do on this show with this topic today is I want to let people know who've been treated poorly and they're in isolation and they're just tuning into this show for the first time, or maybe somebody sent them the podcast of the show or whatever. I want you to know that you're not alone, that this is part of the human condition. And if it's part of the human condition, then there's a path through scripture. It's just that simple. That doesn't mean it's an easy path. It doesn't mean that it's, it's going to be a path that is, without, you know, challenges, but there is a path because it's part of the human condition. And God did not just dump us on this earth and not give us guidance to be able to trust him and follow him through this thing and, and also walk joyfully with him in the midst of no matter what. And this is promised to us throughout scripture. And so that's the whole purpose of this today is I want those who are for the, maybe the first time hearing that, oh, wait a minute. This is happening to other people too, and I want them to hear that today so that they know that they're not alone. Uh, let me, let, for example, let me go to Janice in Kentucky. Janice, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm feeling fine. <laughs> uh, I was a caregiver. Uh, I'm not anymore. But, but back 
person I was caring for was legally blind. And she would accuse me of stealing. And I'd just walk through her house and I'd find what she's looking for. And, and she would sometimes apologize, but most times she stayed mad because I had stole it from her and brought it back. But <laughs> that's just how did you How did you handle that? I got really mad one day and walked out. So I came back in about half an hour and I told her I was sorry I walked out, but uh, I didn't want to be accused anymore. And um, she never did come right out and say, you stole it after that, but she did say somebody stole it, but I could find it in her apartment each time. It was just she was blind and she couldn't find things, and she just assumed somebody came in and took it. But... One day at a time. <laughs> you know, but there's I a, uh, I, have a, I have a thing that I do, and I talk about this in my book, and I've talked about it on the show a lot, uh, that's called the Delta Doctrine. And uh, it's the three W's, three W's, wait, water, walk. And um, when you get into a, a, an altercation situation, wait just a few moments, just, just, just wait. Uh, we don't have to run to every fight we get a ticket to, and, and we can just wait. <laughs> and if we can't do that, we can drink some water because that gives us a chance to kind of put something in our mouth besides words and cool yeah. off, drink to think water, not, not a Coke, not coffee, not Red Bull for sure. And I don't want to get letters <laughs> from Red Bull fans. I just, I'm just saying when you're in a high altercation situation, that is something you might want to stay away from. And then the third thing is just take a walk. And that's what you did. Just, just get out of the house, go, go for a walk around the block, whatever, just cool off a little bit and, and let your, let your heart kind of, catch its breath as well. And it sounds like right. that's exactly what you did, isn't it? Yeah, I did. It, it just hurt so bad because she was so positive that she knew what she was talking about. But I do know that song what? that you were playing, too. Do you know that song? That's a yes, great song, isn't came, it? Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When heaven came down. It made me whole. <laughs> well, and that brings us to why I played that today. Because we have to understand that heaven came down. Just in that phrase alone, heaven came down. He condescended down to us. Um, Right. It's it's heaven came down. And if we understand that he had to condescend to us, it kind of changes perspective, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, we, we couldn't go to him. <laughs> no. And so, and so when we condescend to others who are struggling, we're only mirroring what has been done for us. And, and, and it's not that we're doing this um, because we're so noble. Um, it's, it's, it's not that we're doing this because we're so wonderful people, because we all need a Savior. We're all sinners. But we're doing this as a reflection of what he's done for us. And once we kind of get that ingrained in our mind that's one of that's that's the path that's the path to safety in this is understanding okay not what would jesus do what did jesus do and he came down heaven came down and glory filled my soul isn't that a uh isn't that a great hymn yes sir it is it's one of my favorites (laughs) well gracie when she was three years old that was the first hymn she ever sang in public and she was three years old. She sang it at First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. One Sunday night, she got up and sang it. And her grandfather loved for Gracie to sing. And Gracie sang it one volume, which was full out. 
I mean, just <laughs> letting it rip. And uh, and he just was so delighted. Here's a little three-year-old girl getting up there and just belting out. I mean, like Ethel Merman belting it out. You know, heaven came down. <laughs> and it was and her and her grandfather. It just delighted him to no end. And, um, and, but today, even today when she sings this and I play it a little bit slower for her and I let her just sing it. And, and I'll tell you when she sings it, it'll absolutely break your heart. It is so beautiful. When at the cross, oh, my savior made me whole. Uh, you know, it yeah. just, um, it, it, it was, it's, it's beautiful to listen to her do it. And, uh, but, he, but it's one of those things we'll remember that heaven came down. Came down. He came yes. down, and you know. Oh, by the way, I got to tell you this, Francis. When you were, when you were reminding me of this story, uh, Jeff Foxworthy does this bit about uh, he's sit there and he can't find the the remote control for the TV, and he yells out, "Somebody stole the remote!" And his wife said, "That's right, Jeff. They came in here, bypassed all the silver, all the china, all the jewelry, and they went straight for your remote." <laughs> so does that does that uh? Does that resonate with you a little bit? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. They they came in here and they bypassed everything and stole your remote. And um right. and and I, I appreciate the fact that you were able to just get away, take a break, come back and and do it. But did did you feel like you were able to at some point make a lasting impression that um it's that for boundaries for your own dignity's sake that you say, you know what, I'm here to help you don't treat me this poorly, that kind of thing. Were you able to effectively do that, or was it lost on her? No, I think after I took my walk, she was really scared that I wasn't coming back because uh, it took me 30 minutes to get around the block. And when I came back, I explained to her that, that she didn't have anything that I needed, and there was no reason for me to take it from her. It was usually little bitty things that, that uh, you know, I had to, several of myself type of thing, you know. But... Uh, she changed her attitude, praise the Lord, mm. because she was a Christian as well as I was, and we were just working together. And I was just her friend. I wasn't her legal person to take care of her. She didn't have anybody like that. But uh, I did do all her medical things for her and take her to doctors and things like that. But it was a constant, I'm here if you need me. And uh, no, she decided that I wasn't there to take anything away from her. After that, that you had your own TV remote, you didn't need hers. Is that what she decided? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Francis, thank you for this. And I'm Jan- uh, Janice. I'm sorry, um, and I, yeah. I appreciate you sharing this because I know that was painful. I know that was painful. Is- you know, you're doing the best you can. You're volunteering. You're not. You know, and all of a sudden she's accusing you of stealing. And how many folks listening to this show today are taking care of somebody or have taken care of somebody and been accused of stealing? Oh, my goodness. 888-589-8840 if you want to share that story. But how many of you all have been doing this? But then I go back to heaven came down, and then glory filled my soul. He condescended. That's the whole point. John Peterson wrote this hymn. And, you know, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget. Um, and, And when we understand that, that's where it starts. See, again, the whole point of this show is to, to delve into the heart condition of the caregiver. If, Like you said, she was a Christian, you were a Christian. And if you have some place to go to when those moments knock you off your feet and you can get back up on, you know where the path is, then you're able to stand more securely saying, okay, I know who I belong to. I know what's going on with me. 
and I know this person is sick and they're not well or they're in fear or they have dementia or whatever. It doesn't matter. Sundowners, all of the above. But these are things, uh, certainly if they're dealing with addiction, and these are things that are important for us to remember, but sometimes we have to take a walk around the block like Janice. Janice, thank you so much for calling today. Thank you very much, and thank you for sharing your heart, and I appreciate you listening to the show. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I want to personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for worship and the Word. And we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him examining the role of Christians in a post-Christian society. But no matter what happens, remember that you have much more in common with your political opponent than you don't. Yes, you may have made a good case for your side, and it's frustrating that some people see it differently, but we're all made in the image of God. Christ died for all, including people you disagree with politically. Cross-examined with Dr. Frank Turek, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday afternoons at 4 Central on American Family Radio. I feel so hopeless. hopeless. Is there any hope? I, I just feel like there's no hope at all. Is there any hope? Get hope. Last week, Jesus used a friend to illuminate a situation in which I had not displayed love toward another person. That's TWR President Lauren Libby. Now, I sense the Spirit of God nudging my heart, and hopefully I was a little more transformed into being like Jesus. Personal transformation occurs as I lay down my personal rights and love others for who they are. Transformation begins on the inside, and God uses the thoughts of the Bible to transform me into a more godly character. Then God can use those changes in my personal character to illustrate His power and to love those who have not encountered Jesus. Now that's the start of hope. Need more hope? We have resources waiting for you, including a free devotional. You'll find them at GetHopeRadio.com. That's GetHopeRadio.com. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is uh, the nation's number one show for you as a family caregiver. And I love that from Keith Green. I put that in pretty much every rotation. You put this love in my heart. Some of you remember Keith Green and uh, a profound impact on Christian music and, and the body of Christ worldwide. And that is, the, that is the song for us as caregivers. You put this love in my heart. If we, if we understand that the, the well that we're drawing from is not our own sense of nobility and goodness, it gives a different perspective for what we're doing as a caregiver. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We're talking about, have you ever been treated poorly by the person you're taking care of? Uh, as the last caller, Janice, called in, uh, she's, she shared that she was accused of stealing. I bet you a lot of you all have had that. 
I had a dear friend of mine who was taking care of her husband with uh, dementia and other issues going on, and uh, he dealt with sundowners. And, and at evening time, he, be- he became very, very mean and hostile towards, accused her of terrible things. They've been married for almost 60 years. And this man adored his wife. I, I've known the family for years. And um, I, I went over to visit, and she'd just be in tears. And one of the things I, I encouraged her to do, they had the, the setup to do this, is to, to hire somebody to take care of him in the evening times, and she would just stay detached from that. And she was able to do that, but she felt guilty about doing it. Uh, again, um, you know, a lot of times people say, well, if I had more money, I could do this. Well, these people had plenty of money, but she didn't want to do it. She felt like she had to do this 24-7 with him, and she was just becoming more and more uh, strained, and, and he was becoming more and more... Uh, you know, mean at night. Sundowners is a terrible thing. Some of you, some of you know what I'm talking about. And she was able to do that, and it, it worked. It, it worked for. Her. And all she needed was some nutty guy with a radio show for caregivers to look at her and say, you know, it's okay for you to have somebody else take care of him in the evening time. That's a professional. That's not emotionally involved. That he can't punch all the buttons with within his dementia you know it's okay for you to do that and you could almost just see the air just kind of explode out of her she says really is that okay and i said yeah it's really okay and they did and they was able to she was able to get some rest uh sometimes impairments will do that sometimes they're just being a jerk sometimes they're just being just sinful people and that's why i did the the musical bit this morning with um, heaven came down, heaven came down. He condescended to us. And you look at when Jesus was on the cross, Luke 23, 24. What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They didn't know. Those are Jesus' own words. You look at Joseph with his brothers. You know, and... and they certainly treated him poorly. You look at David with King Saul. And David honored King Saul post-mortem. In fact, the guy that that took credit for killing Saul, even though he didn't do it, but he took credit for it, thinking that he'd get in good with David, David ended up having him killed. Said, your words, you you touched the, the Lord's anointed, your words, it's on your death is on your head. And he refused to to return that. You don't render evil for evil. First Thessalonians 5.15, that was the first scripture verse I learned way back at the church my dad pastored at in, in Atlanta. And I was just a little kid, and, I, and, and I, I, they're laughing while they're, while they're listening to this right now because the Sunday school teacher, I think, pulled out her hair dealing with me every week. And I think that she's gone on to glory now, but I think she'd be pleased that I learned something out of her class. <laughs> and so... Uh, I was a little bit um, uh, of a challenge, let's say. Okay, let's just let's just leave it right there. Nobody's going to get hurt. All right, Jean in Texas. Jean, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm doing great, thank you. Well, you took care of your husband, uh, two husbands. Um, yes. Not at the same time, though, Jean. Right? Not at the same time. Correct. Correct. The first husband I took care of for 
20 years, and part of that time in the latter part of his disease, he was in a nursing home. And I wrote a poem for a caregiver that he had in the nursing home. And it started a whole real retail line of poetry for me. I'm a professional poet. And so anyway, years passed, the second husband died, and I was at a meeting, and this woman who works in uh, our community for uh, people, helping them in kind of the same way you are, uh, except not on the radio. (laughs) Anyway, she said, do you have a poem for caregivers? And I said, well, yes. And I read her the poem that I wrote for this caregiver to my first husband in the nursing home. It's called Like an Angel. Well, and she read it, and she you said, got it. Oh, that's you got it to nice. read it to us. Not that one. I'm I'm getting to it. So she said it's very nice, but she said I want a poem for family givers, caregivers, and I thought about all my poems, and I said I don't have one, but I said if anyone should write it, it should be me. And I went home and I wrote this poem in 15 minutes. And now I would like to share it. I would love to hear it. Okay. To family caregivers with love. Sometimes the soul is weary and longs to have a rest. Caring for a loved one is not easy, though you try your best. Hopefully your loved one can appreciate all you do. But sadly, it is too often that the opposite is true. It's okay to think of self. It's important to take a break. Ignoring your own health is not selfish. It is a big mistake. And if at times you wonder if anyone really cares, many have you in their hearts and also in their prayers. Mm. When did you write that? Probably about two years ago. It's a beautiful poem. That is a beautiful poem. Thank you. And uh, that is uh, you. And you write. This is what you do now. Pretty much full time is write poetry. Yes, yes. And I, I write custom poetry. So if people have a need for a special occasion, I interview them, and they give me all of the content through the interview, and then I write an original rhyming poem that can be framed. Well, that's a a lovely gift. You know, one of the things I've encouraged a lot of caregivers to do is to write, and and some um, some people are... Uh, reticent to do so because they think, well, it won't be good. Well, you're not writing to to become the poet laureate of the country. You're writing because this is something that's in you that needs to come out, and that's and in a way that is authentic to who you healing. are. It is incredibly yeah. healing. And uh, did, did you write poetry before you were married and care before you were caregiving and all that kind of stuff? Was that something that that was involved in your life, mm-hmm. or is this something you kind of picked up later in life, or what? Well, I I give uh, actually I give talks to um, different groups, and one of my talks is how I became a poet, and it's a, a very funny and long 
story, so I won't, you know, even begin to start it. But basically, I say to everyone, it was a God-given gift, and I didn't know I could write poetry until I was forced to in an English class when I was in high school. And we had an excellent English teacher, and he required at the end of our poetry unit that everyone in the senior class write an original rhyming, uh, uh, I shouldn't say that, he required us to write a poem in Shakespearean stanza. And that's a very difficult formula to follow. And I wrote this poem, and this was a competition, and I won the competition. And then uh, subsequently over the years, uh, it was published in three different national publications. So that was my first poem. Well, that I mean, I, I, I remember having assignments like that at school, writing it Shakespearean style, but I could never figure out how to weave in y'all and mama and them in Shakespearean style. So it's, uh, uh, you know, that's when you, when you raised in South Carolina, you know, I'm thinking, wait a minute, how, this, how does this work? This doesn't work. Uh, you know, um, I shall call, tricky. I shall call all y'all. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. And, that's and you're still poetry. writing and you've go, go ahead. Yes. Well, I taught, I taught poetry in two languages, French and English, both. And then I retired from a teaching career, and I all my life after I, you know, was even teaching, I thought I would love to write poetry for people. And so when I retired from my teaching career, I worked and figured out how to start this business that I have, and it all came together. And I've been writing this type of poetry for 25 years for people. So I'm not a young person anymore, but I'm still enjoying life to the fullest. That sounds like you are. And I'm glad that you're still writing and I'm glad that you're writing for other people and you're drawing on a, wow, you're drawing on a, a, a real depth to be able to offer this to folks, Gene. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful gift that you give. Do you have a website? Yes, I do. It's, um, well, let's give it out to personal. folks. Maybe somebody needs some, uh, uh, some some stuff there, and let's give it out, and people go take a look at what you do here. What is what is your website? It's www. Of course, Personal Poetry Inc. I N C because I'm incorporated. PersonalPoetryInc.com. Well, I hope some folks will check you out and. Uh, Maybe use your services, Personal Poetry, Inc., because I, I'm a big fan of caregivers digging deep into their souls to pull out the, the beauty that's in their lives and offer what they have. And, and you know, and and um, whether it's music, poetry, gardening, woodworking, I don't care what it is. Let your soul breathe by doing these things. And, Gene, I can't think of a better way that um, to, to model that than what you've just said this morning. So thank you for sharing that with us. I really do appreciate it. Okay. Listen, this is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. We've got to go to a break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We're talking today about a painful thing with caregivers. Have you been treated poorly? Have you been treated poorly? Have somebody accused you of stealing? Somebody has assaulted you? Uh, Somebody has verbally abused you? All those things. 
We're talking about that today. We'll be right back. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies. And with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit standingwithhope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's standingwithhope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. This is 60 Seconds with America's Altar. Come and present your heart to the Lord. How do we win the heart of mankind to Jesus Christ? Fearless. How do we deal with the issue of being fearless when it comes to sharing our faith with others? Well, you simply cast your thoughts and your ideas upon God. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy that He's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Take that the next time you're standing at the gas station pump or in the grocery store, and simply don't respond to the fear. Use the scripture and look at that person and tell them Jesus loves you. Smile, be fearless. That's how we win the loss to Christ. This has been a Soul Winning Moment with William Owens, evangelist, author, and poet. Come and present your heart to the Lord. Learn more at americasalter.org. That's americasalter.org. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Have you been treated poorly as a caregiver? Have you been treated, uh, been accused of things? Have you been uh, assaulted? All those kinds of things. This is what we're talking about today. We're doing this, we're doing this in the context of Scripture because everything, everything is in the context of Scripture. And and if if you want to be an atheist and be a caregiver, you're welcome to it. Let me know how that works out for you. But I'm in my 35th year of this, and I'm telling you that there is no condition that we struggle with as caregivers on a heart level. Now, the scenarios are not necessarily covered in Scripture. There's nowhere in Scripture where a guy is taking care of his wife for 35 years through 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. It's not there. But there are plenty of places in Scripture where it talks about the heart condition, the human condition of what's going on with us, that we're fearful, that we're angry, that we're, we're resentful, that we're despairing, all those kinds of things. It's all there. So whatever you're dealing with, the heart condition of it is covered in Scripture, and there is a path for us to become healthier and stronger. Now, you'll hear me talk about this show a lot, uh, on this show a lot, that the goal is not to be happy. I, I, that's an elusive goal. We will be happy along the way, and you know, uh, happiness comes. But the goal is to be healthy, healthy financially, healthy physically, healthy emotionally, healthy spiritually. 
being happy, happy, happy all the time, time, time seems a little bit odd to me. <coughs> Sorry, I had to cough. That's not COVID. That's hay fever. I feed horses every day. You get in a barn full of hay, and I wear a mask. I, I feel stupid wearing a mask out there because there's nobody around me, and I'm wearing a mask, but I'm wearing a mask because of hay fever, not because of COVID. So I, anyway, I, I just went off on a tangent. So I'm going to go to uh, Lynn in Arkansas. Lynn, good morning. How are you feeling? Lynn? Well, we lost Lynn. Uh, Jeanette in Louisiana. Jeanette, good morning. How are Hello? you feeling? Oh, Jeanette. How are you feeling? Okay. I'm, I'm feeling all good. Feel all right. But you I said you took care of your mom, mom who was abusive. Right. As a child, I was abusive, like at a, at four and five or six years old and a younger brother. So I went through life being like that, and I left and went to California in 73, and I come back in 89 and stayed with them. And I was the one still taking care of my mother and my father. Well, my father was able then, but my mom was disabled before I left. But anyway, she just, she didn't get no better, and she just got worse and worse. And even being in the nursing home, she still was abusive. So crying, crying, and crying, I did a lot of it. And that was a 23-year-old trial. But when I was in California, the Lord led me back to come back home to lead her back to him. It's when I was a child, she used to sing in the choir, and my dad was a deacon and died a deacon, but she turned away. But anyway, you just have to cry, and you have to let it go, and you just can't hold on to it. Because if you hold on to all that, what you're going through, is it'll, it'll, you know, make you become disabled and disturbed and unhappy and you know, and then it'll tear, it'll tear your soul up, won't it? That's right. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question, Jeanette. Let me ask you a question. So your mother abused you as a child, and then later on in life, you're still having to take care of her, and she was still a pretty abusive woman. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, yes. See, yes. see those old wounds never really got a chance to be resolved with her, did they? No. She she died that way. It was so bad going to the nursing home and seeing her, and she still said something I wouldn't say, but she just said she just hated the day she had me. And I just well, cried that day and left the nursing home, and I didn't go back. And and, Jeanette, and then me, they wasn't giving a— May I ask you a question? Yeah. It's— um, when mm-hmm. she said that and when she treated you that way, and you know these things extended all the way back to your birth— Evidently, she 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 was bitter towards you from the moment you came into this world. Right. How right. how where do you what specifically helped you anchor yourself to realize your worth was more than what she was saying? I I didn't think about it and then I didn't accept it. <laughs> Because my dad was a good was a good man, and I told her that after my dad was dead. But what she did tell me, she told me that one day, like in the early 2000s, the reason why she she felt like and treated me and my sister next to me because we was a lot like our daddy, more than her, more than his sons were, and that's why she treated mm. me and my sister next to me like that out of three girls. Well, that yeah, probably but, didn't make you feel better, um, but but what have you found in your walk with God, in your relationship with Christ, what have you found that has 
spoken to that deep hurt and given you some strength and some encouragement in this? Is there a hymn? Is there a song? Is there a passage in Scripture? Knowing that I stayed anchored to God ever since I was little. I got baptized when I was nine. And I would stay in my room a lot as a, as a little girl. And and I just just know that God was there with me and he was taking care of me. And then as I got older, I ended up admitting myself in a mental hospital with a letter not knowing it. But then I started reading the Bible. Got to read the Bible in order to... to keep a peace of mind in order to to uh, have a relationship with God. And once you have that relationship with God, then you can you can feel love and happy and you don't have to want or need nobody to love you. You learn to love yourself and, and know that God loves you in spite of what you're going through. Hmm. Uh, do you like to listen to hymns? Yes. You know what I'd like to do, if it's all right with you, Jeanette? I'd like to put you on hold and, and get your information. Can I send you a, a copy of my CD? It's called Songs for the Caregiver. It's just hymns, just me playing the piano. Gracie sings a few things. But I felt like that maybe it would be when those moments come where it does still, those those old wounds still hurt, that maybe it'd be something peaceful that you could listen to and, and, and it would be administered to your soul. Would that be okay if I sent you that? Yes, I listen at you mostly every Saturday because I don't go to sleep all night taking care of myself. But anyway, yes, that and I well, wanted to know I'll, how I could give a donation too, so I give a donation. No, well, listen. Let me just send. Let me give a donation to you, and let me send you this CD. And that's very kind of you to do that. But let me let me invest a little bit in you because you have said something today that is going to resonate around the country, around the world, uh, on this network and beyond because. A lot of people are dealing with what you have expressed this morning. And, you know, we could all sense that, that this has come at great cost to you. Um, and yet your walk with Christ is not uh, a a surfacey walk. It, you, can't, you can't walk through the kind of wounds that you're walking through, Jeanette, without having substantive yeah. engagement with Christ. And, yeah. and I, I really I want you to know that this is you, – you, you won't know the people you've blessed today. You won't know them. You, you you won't be able to know until we get to heaven, and then we're all going to just give him the glory anyway. But you bless yeah. me, yeah. and I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to get you information. I'm going to send you a copy of this CD, cause, I wanna, and I, and I want you just to play it every time your heart hurts. Yeah. I, I just there's a, there's a The opening hymn on it is, There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. It's one of my favorite hymns. And um, and so it's just, just stuff that I hope that uh, that when you sleep, you you play it and you're able just to sleep and maybe sometimes you weep and it hopefully it'll bring a little bit of encouragement and healing to you in those deep places. And I thank you very much for blessing us today, Jeanette. It really means a lot, okay? And people And I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on hold and let them get your information here. Uh let me see if I can squeeze in a few more calls. We're right at the bottom of the hour here. Uh Linda in Texas. Linda, good morning. Right at the top of the hour. Linda, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, I'm just for for I'm in pretty good shape for the shape I'm in. Real quick, we only got about a minute here. Uh, tell me what's oh. you could, cared for your mom, and she would get angry when she didn't know who you were. Oh yeah, she got angry. Um, she got angry. I think a lot of times she knew who I was. Uh, she she just would get angry maybe because of too much medicine or not enough medicine. 
Um, she went through 17 years of myasthenia gravis way before they really knew anything about it. And excuse my voice, I'm just coming out of COVID. <clears throat> well, don't but, don't worry about that. Uh, uh, excuse my voice, this is just the way I talk. But it's, uh, <laughs> are you, um, uh, how did you deal with that anger? Uh, the Lord, every day, just asking him to help me help her, whatever way that was. Um, and she played a game a lot of times with my brother and sister. They chose to live with my dad, and I stayed with her. But she would um, favor them, and she knew that hurt. And uh, one time in the uh, hospital, and this time she had not, they had for some reason dropped her uh, mood elevator and she started in on me and everything she said was just like a snake's tongue. I mean, it cut like a knife and my husband was sitting there and he said, why don't we just go? And I said, no, uh, I have to stay with her today because we lived in Houston. She lived in Fort Worth. <clears throat> and sometimes... Uh, I would have to drive up there, and I, the Lord just drove me. We would be there and be like an hour. Well, and, and I understand that. Uh, you know, I we're out of time here, and I appreciate you sharing that. I know that must have been extremely painful for you, and um, and I, I appreciate you sharing it because that could happen. It, 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 sometimes those we're taking care of can punch all of our buttons, sometimes because they sewed them on. But I leave you with this. Number one, sometimes they're not doing it to you. They're just doing it. And number two, heaven came down and glory filled our soul. He condescended to us in our in our hopeless estate, in our angry estate. And that's what gives us the strength to keep moving on. There's more at HopeForTheCaregiver.com. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith, Family, Freedom, American Family Radio.